0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, Episode 4. We're coming at you live through the power of the internet. I'm joined by my lovely host, the precocious, the debonair, the fun, the loving, Miss Boo. Miss Boo, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing,
0: Dean? Ah, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Now, this week was one of my Dean's art house picks.
1: Oh, boy, was
0: it. Oh, yes. So... When you approached me for this podcast, you wanted to, I guess, expand your horizons, watch some new movies, things you might not have seen otherwise.
1: I did, but I didn't expect you to try to hurt me this way and this soon. I didn't try and
0: hurt you, okay? You did.
1: You were out for blood.
0: I was not out for blood. What I was out was to test you a little bit. Mm-hmm. So for any listeners who heard our last episode might have been able to guess, but this week we watched the classic. The David Lynch debut feature, Eraserhead.
1: Oh my gosh! (laughs) Yes.
0: Now, uh, this movie is—I say—I would qualify it as a horror film. Some people qualify it as like a surrealist drama. Some people call it like a like kind of a dark comedy. But this is a horror film. I was
1: even seeing people that were uh, classifying it as a fantasy as well. Oh,
0: I mean. Let's, let's be honest here. Like, there's some fantastical shit in this movie.
1: Oh, my brain still hurts.
0: Oh, please.
1: But let's,
0: let's I guess let's talk about the movie a little bit, you know, before we get into, like, kind of what's going on. But have you ever even heard of this movie before? Seen clips, anything like that?
1: I've heard about it a bunch of times, mostly from you and your friends. Yes. And each time your friends, the film nerds, have told me, do not watch it. Why not? You know why.
0: It's a little bit of a rough watch.
1: They were trying to help me out, and you just kind of threw me under the bus and made me watch this.
0: I did not throw you under the bus.
1: I feel like got run over by a bus.
0: Not even. But I will say this movie, I'll, I'll give you this. This movie is kind of hard to get through on your first go around. Usually most people, they, you know, watch it once. They usually get to the dinner scene, and then they stop. Then they go again, and they get to the baby, and they stop. Then they go again, and they get to the lady in the radiator the first time, then they stop. Usually it takes people a couple of tries to get through the whole 90 minutes of the flick.
1: I powered through, and I watched it in one sitting, and again, my brain still hurts.
0: Uh, Why does your brain hurt? What about this movie hurt you so? It
1: just broke me. There's just so much going on, so much weirdness. I just can't. I can't even
0: well why don't we get into a little bit about how this movie works okay so this how this movie works is it's a uh, david lynch film so Mm -hmm. it does a lot of dream logic and it so because it works on dream logic it doesn't necessarily make a whole hell of a lot of sense but would you agree that that's a pretty good way to say this movie works on kind of not making sense
1: Yes, I think if there should be, you know, a bio that we write for this movie, doesn't make any sense. And even when you try to make sense of it, it's still not going to make any sense.
0: Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. So, what would you say happens in this movie? I'm I'm just going to keep asking you these questions, (laughs) because I'm generally curious how it's like for somebody who's seen it the first time. Because I've seen this movie probably, I don't know, half a dozen times. How?
1: How have you seen it half a dozen times and you're still... Kind of sane. I'm not gonna say you're fully sane because I know you. What? You're you're, kind of sane.
0: I'm. I am completely rational and sensible. You know, person. The. You know, one by one, the penguins steal my sanity, but they're all nice people. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just. I find this movie very enjoyable in a purely like sim. Okay, I'm gonna let me raise my brows up a little bit and get my pretentious goggles on
1: we're getting into a dean ramble folks so prepare yourself
0: yeah well i like this movie because it has a lot of like symbolic and like very vivid dream like imagery and i find it incredibly interesting like you gotta give me that The movie is interesting as hell no you're not even gonna give me that
1: I- i'm sorry i can't give you that
0: are you kidding me? How the, the movie's whole thing is like how it's symbol, symbolizing, you know, this guy and like fatherhood and becoming a, a new parent and this child that's, you know, this kind of mass and it's just yelling and screaming and it's sort of disrupting his norm of life and all the world around him is kind of this weird like warp sensibility and everybody has this, and everything in this movie has this weird symbolic, like subtextual meaning. I think it's very fascinating.
1: But it's more like a nightmare because, you know, he finds out he's a father, and then, you know, within like a snap of fingers, he's at his apartment with, you know, his wife and this new child. And it's just everything's happening so fast. It feels like you're within a dream, and, you know, time doesn't really stand still. It's just kind of, you're just bouncing around. From here to there to there, and trying to like rationalize what's going on, and like, please somebody try to wake me up.
0: Yes, and that's so good. It, it, it's a great mood piece. In that in that sense, you feel like you're in a nightmare. You feel like this is just nothing is right, and everything is just kind of weird and awkward, and you're not sure like what's going on. You're just like, I and it's so good. And the sound design in this movie is also fantastic. Like, there's some technical stuff in this movie that, like, you, you have to you have to admit, the sound alone in this movie is incredibly, like, dynamic and off-putting.
1: Yeah, the, the, some of the sounds are gross in this movie. I'm like, I'm watching it, and it's disturbing, and I'm like, man, even it sounds bad. I'm like, just sitting there, my stomach's kind of twinging a little bit. I was just like, what is he trying to do to me?
0: You're like, how is this, you're like, why does this movie sound bad? Why does everything feel weird? And that's so cool. This movie, you know, poked in on that little, you know, little tiny emotional misboo and again, you know, you know, it's twisted the knife a little bit. That's like amazing. I think that's amazing that a film can do that. This is like when we watched two thousand one: A Space Odyssey, and we were watching the. That oh,
1: was an experience. God.
0: Yes, it like yeah. When he's out doing the space walk and he's floating through there and he's fall and he's and oh, it wasn't Dave. It was oh, God, uh, f- uh, Dr. Poole, Frank Poole, and he's you know, being flung out into space, and you're there, and you're like, I was holding my breath the whole time. I thought I couldn't breathe, and I was like,
1: that's so cool. No, movie. that I was the end of the movie with Dave when he's going into the black hole. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was there with him, and I'm just, where are we going? We're just sinking further and further into this abyss, and I can't escape.
0: Yes, and I think that's amazing. A movie could do that to you. I think and Eraserhead that's another example of a movie that can do that to you. It makes you sure, feel weird.
1: I'm sure we're probably gonna do a two thousand one Space Odyssey episode at some point in the podcast. I
0: love that movie. That so, movie's great. So be
1: prepared. We will talk about it. Yeah,
0: because Boo has some con Miss Boo has some controversial opinions about two thousand one Space Odyssey.
1: But I did enjoy it. Even though, you know, it drove me crazy, I did enjoy the film.
0: And I enjoy Head the same way. I think the movie, don't get me wrong, the movie is weird as hell.
1: Very. It's
0: kind of crazy, but like, oh my god, you just, watching this movie and it just feels all kinds of, like, fucked up and all yes. the little, like, symbolic things that are there and there's so much underneath the surface. I think it's just great. I think it's just fantastic.
1: I mean, for me, for most of the movie, I felt like I was watching that episode of The Office, the, the Halloween episode called Spooked. Where Gabe, you know, he's trying to help Erin out with the party, and she wants to make it more scary and edgy. And he introduces the cinema of the unsettling, and that's when he plays the video, and it's just random things that are in the video, like um, like a cake being cut, and blood comes out, and you know Stanley's being filmed, Oscar's grandmother's being filmed eating, and it's just these unsettling images. And he talks about yeah, there's one series in this, in these series of films where it's just a, a squirrel having diarrhea for an hour. And when I'm watching this, I'm kind of like, this feels like this is part of this series of unsettling cinema. Whoa. Which I know they probably took that, this film, and put it into that episode to kind of, you know, give off that same kind of vibe where everywhere you look, you just feel unsettled. You don't feel comfortable. You, like the piles of dirt that keep appearing in his apartment. It, it was just driving me crazy. Like, the piles the, get bigger. He, and,
0: it's like he's being buried alive under this, you know, industrial society kind of thing, and his family, it's all the responsibilities weighing him down. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, have you ever seen, like, uh, other surrealist films like this? Where it's, you know... No,
1: but I fear you're going to make me watch them.
0: Oh, it's going to be wonderful. Uh, I can't wait for you to watch, what is I think it's Oysters and the Clergyman? Oh, that's, that's some shit right there. You're going to love that one. But yeah, but this movie, the whole... I guess the whole shtick with this movie is that it's not supposed to make sense, and that's the point, and it's very in-your-face with that, and it's really cool, you know, and and I like it.
1: It also messes with your psyche, too, because, you know, we want to make sense and rationalize everything, and you try to in this movie, and you just can't. Yes. You, You just try to, you know, latch onto something and hope, you know, okay, this next scene, it's gonna plateau, we're gonna, you know, get some normalcy, and it just doesn't.
0: It never does, and that's, and it, it, it's so weird, because there's such a commitment to the nightmare world.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, let, let alone in the beginning of the movie, I was just waiting for somebody to talk. And it takes, you know, about 10-11 minutes for, you know, someone to finally say one word in the movie. And it's like, I love silent movies, I'm used to, you know, them not talking, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it was more of like, you know, the sepia tones and it feeling like it's a nightmare. It was just kind of like, please, somebody talk to me. Yeah. I-, I felt like, um, uh, oh, my God, what's his name? Castaway. Oh, I felt like Tom. Tom Hanks on the island. You know, please talk to me.
0: You're, you're there You're there. just looking at uh, fucking...
1: At Wilson.
0: At Wil- you're looking at Wilson, which is Henry from Eraser. I mean, like, say something, you son of a bitch.
1: Or, you know, even I Am Legend with uh, Will Smith, where he's looking at the mannequins, and he's like, you know, please talk to me, say something to me. That's how I kind of felt in this movie. I felt like I was in Henry's spot, and it's just, you know, nothing's making sense. I just want to get out, and I can't figure my way out of this world. Uh,
0: you know what, let's, let's talk about, like, I guess what happens in the movie and some of the characters, mm-hmm. because I think at this point we, we really need to divulge kind of what the hell's going on.
1: I'll, I'll let you take the lead, because I know most of these characters don't even have spoken names in the movie.
0: Mo- uh, most of them don't, and some of them, their names you find out in the credits, and then you kind of mm-hmm. have to work backwards to yeah. pick them out. You
1: have to piece them kind of together, put the story together. And even then, it, the names don't make sense with the person. Oh, uh, what do you mean? Like, um, the wife's uh, parents, they're like Mr. X and Mrs. X in the credits, yeah. and it's just kind of, it's just random.
0: Oh, you know, their last name is X. You know, what's, what's wrong with that? You know, it's a very strong name from the old country. But I digress. So, our main character, or our protagonist, is Henry, and he is the. He's played by Jack Nance, who was a David Lynch, like, staple up until he passed away. Mm-hmm. And he is everything, a, like, nervous and just like, we-willed, like, expecting father is, and also, did, like, did you like Henry's performance, or Jack Nance's performance in the film as Henry?
1: I think his performance made me anxious. I just, every time you look at the guy, he's just radiating that anxious, scared kind of vibe, so I felt like that the entire time I was watching the movie. So he he was very convincing as somebody that's you know,
0: always on the edge of just breaking down.
1: And then when I was doing my research about the film, I didn't know that it took five years to produce this movie. Yeah, yeah. So So that's the crazy thing. Five years of acting this way. And it's just like, how were his, how weren't his nerves shot after shooting this?
0: Well, okay. So this is actually a fun little tidbit. So this, this movie did take five years to produce and actually like make. And Jack Nance, he was one of those actors who was, he wasn't like a method actor or, any, or anything like that. Um, he he was actually really funny when people would ask him. It's like, hey, what the hell does this movie mean? What's the razor mean? What's Henry's motivation? And his response was generally was, I mean, I don't know. It was just a movie. I thought mm-hmm. it was fun. Like, that was generally his reaction was, oh, I have no idea. I just had fun making it. Yeah, It's just a movie. Don't think too hard about it.
1: Yeah, I like how he's, you know he's telling the fans, you know, you guys are putting more into it than is actually there. It's just a film.
0: Yeah, well, granted, like, then you kind of look at the movie and Uh you're like, okay, maybe it was just the fact that Jack Nance didn't want to answer, like, a million questions about that movie. Because he was also incredibly dedicated to this film because I think the only thing he asked for from David Lynch when he was making the movie was, can I get an apartment and a chair for the apartment? I think he, yeah, he wanted, like, a studio, he wanted David Lynch to pay for a studio apartment for him to, like, go to and do everything, and, like, a lazy boy. And that's all he wanted. And that's amazing when you think about it, because he had to keep his hair like that for five Five years.
1: years.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't, like, a thing where it's like, oh, after they're done filming and shooting or whatever, when the money ran out, he would, like, comb his hair back and clean it up or whatever. No, his wife did his hair like that for five years every day. He just kept his hair like that. And that is a...
1: That's dedication.
0: That's also a very bold haircut.
1: Yes, it is.
0: It's like, kind, it it is like, oh, God, what is it? A kid in play thing going on there? But if, like, a white dude tried it and it's, and he didn't want to shave the sides, that's, like, what it looks like. And it's... He was ahead of his time. He was ahead of his time. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But, yeah, and Henry's just every nervous, un-edge person you have ever met. And it's just... And you, feel, and you feel for him, like, right away, how he mm-hmm. looks, because he looks so, like, sad and, like, melancholy, and you're just... It's weird, because, like, yeah, it's always like, man, I want to, like, give Henry a hug, because he seems, like, so sad the whole time.
1: He looks like he's going to fall to pieces. At, you know, snap of a finger. So he's just down for the count. Yeah, and
0: I think... And it's kind of weird that I say that, because when you think about the end of the movie, that's, like, what happens. It's, like, the first time Henry had, like, Ooh. a loving, like like, you know, moment of compassion, like a hug or whatever, yeah. is at the end of the movie, and it's, it's kind of nice. But yeah, but that's Henry, and then we have his wife, girlfriend, person,
1: Mary. Whoever, yeah, Mary, but it's just, you know, we can't tell, you know, first they're dating, or they just kind of hooked up, and then all of a sudden they're married. Well. But we hear from the, the woman that lives across the hall from Henry, she calls uh, Mary his wife. So, oh they got
0: well they got married it was like a shotgun wedding after the baby
1: okay you did
0: yeah because that's what happens that's why they have the whole dinner scene is because um, Mary's parents invite Henry over and they do the whole talk and they're like hey you know there's this baby and you're gonna marry her you're gonna make my you know daughter an honest woman yada 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 and you know yeah yeah that
1: was an awkward dinner scene. I think that dinner scene is amazing
0: because it sets up the rest of the movie. After that dinner scene, David Lynch can do whatever he wants for the for the rest of that movie.
1: But I mean that that Cornish the Cornish game hen just you know bleeding and bleeding out. That was just kind of like, okay, is it going to stop anytime soon? Nope, nope, still going.
0: Oh yeah, well, still
1: this day that that poor hen is still just bleeding out, still
0: going. Yeah, because they had that that weird like. I don't, because, like, all those, like, chickens and all that stuff, you know, somebody had to, like, make those, and it's, oh, they look so gross, and they're just, like, mini chicken things, and I think, this movie is weird because it's black and white, and it's incredibly gory Mm -hmm. when you think about it. Ugh, this movie's great. This movie's fantastic.
1: In your opinion. It
0: is, yeah. But yeah, so Mary is just always, like, how would you describe Mary?
1: She's kind of manic. She, she looks like, you know, she's ready to freak out or start crying. I mean, her mom scared me more than anything when she's, you know, you're gonna, you know, did you have intercourse with my daughter? Did you
0: have sexual intercourse with Mary? Tell me, Henry, did you have sexual intercourse with my daughter?
1: While he's just, you know, pressed up in the corner and then, does she try making out with
0: Oh, him? yeah, she tries, she, she makes a pass on, on Henry and doesn't stop until her daughter walks in and then she just goes back to yelling at him.
1: I, I don't even know. This was just such a bizarre welcome, experience. Welcome to
0: every man's fear of, you know, uh, of having children. Uh, yeah, You're, you're thinking I, about I, it now. I don't
1: think it's this exact fear.
0: Ah, you know, in a symbolic sense. <laughs> I
1: mean, that, that'd be kind of terrifying if, you know, yeah, you know, my fear is, you know, you get this girl pregnant, you go to her house, and the chicken's bleeding nonstop, and then, you know, her mom's, you know, questioning you and then trying to make a pass at you.
0: And then, your, and then your significant other gives birth to, like, this weird calf head thing.
1: And it's just suddenly in your apartment, and, yeah, I think that's an irrational fear. I mean, that'd be terrifying if that was a normal fear for a lot of people that uh, are expectant you know. parents. I,
0: I think this movie was stitched together from David Lynch's nightmares. Because yeah. that's the thing, because, like, that's basically the... So this movie is weird because I don't think anybody is one hundred percent sure what the hell this movie means. Mm-hmm. They're just all more or less like convinced that mm-hmm. the message or the theme is like parenthood and new ch- and new parenthood, becoming a father for the first time, children, birth, all that stuff. That's what people kind of assume the theme is. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this was stitched together from David Lynch's like nightmares. And then they just kind of, and then he was just like, okay, I'll just put this, I'll just salt bay in some, like, fucking, fucking, like, theme on top of these weird nightmares and try and, like, mush them together.
1: I mean, even the the landscape and the cityscape is bizarre in this movie, too. It just kind of gives you these weird vibes, even though it's downtown L.A. that they're shooting in. No, it's in, like,
0: industrial Philadelphia, I think.
1: Is it it's, it's supposed to be industrial Philadelphia, but it's actually L.A. The, the structure in the beginning when he goes inside, that's the 4th Street Bridge in L.A. Oh, shit. So, I didn't so even So that's notice. the bridge that we go in and out of the city on.
0: Oh, I didn't even realize that. okay. Oh, and then okay. Um,
1: when he's walking in the beginning of the movie and you have, you know, the buildings behind them and it kind of looks like post-apocalyptic because there's nobody out and it just kind of just looks weird. That's also in downtown LA, too. The It's now the Beverly Center, the, the really? mall. Really? Yeah. Huh. So that desolate area is now a very popular mall in the Los Angeles area. Man, I kind of want to go to the Beverly
0: Center now. Hey, boo, I you have... want to dress up like Henry and Mary from Eraserhead and go to the Beverly Center on Halloween? Uh,
1: no, I'm good. But if you want, we could go to LA and go to Philippe's. So oh, I'm does down sound for that.
0: Good. I'm, I kind of want some French dips now. But
1: PSA to people that live in uh, California or Los Angeles. Go to Philippe's, the best French dips
0: around. It's pretty good, but I'm back to the movie. I'm getting hungry now. I want
1: some French dips? Ah, oh, we just had
0: pokey, but whatever. Again, you gotta gotta put those like you know pretentious like white people foods out there. So yeah, but fucking this movie is just so weird in that aspect yeah. because it feels like it's post apocalyptic just based on kind of like the outside you see, mm-hmm. which is like I'm. Big air quotes on outside you see, because what you do see, it's, like, not much. No. I think the opening sequence is the only time you see, like, actual outdoors.
1: And when he's walking to Mary's house, I believe. So we're mostly in his apartment.
0: Yeah, in his, in, in his apartment or in and out of, like, rooms and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's kind of weird when you think about it. It's because this, this movie feels like it's in a weird place, like... In terms of setting. Like, mm-hmm. I, again, I think it just feeds more into this movie supposed to be taking place in, like, a nightmare or a dream or something like that. It's not supposed to make sense. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I think you've, you've had dreams where you're walking down the street or you're walking in a city or whatever and there's no one around. And you just don't think that's weird or whatever. Because you're in a dream and you just... Yeah.
1: Or, you know, suddenly you're walking around outside, and next you're in a, a room that you've never been into, or you're suddenly in a store. You kind of just jump back and forth, and it just doesn't make any sense, but you have to go along for the ride.
0: Yeah, and, like, and even even in your dreams, you just it never occurs to you that that's weird. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's what this movie is trying to do with the, in terms of its setting. But, yeah, oh god, we were talking about Mary, weren't we?
1: We were. How, you know, she's just over the top. And, I mean, after seeing the baby for the first time, I kind of understand why she's freaking out.
0: Would you freak out if you birthed that thing? Oh, God, yeah. Oh,
1: God, yes? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's
0: kind (laughs) of cute. I mean, in a monstrosity sort of way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't want to see any harm done to it, because it is a Living thing?
0: Question? I see question marks arising from your face right now. Well, because
1: I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, after hearing it it was like an embalmed horse calf or a skinned rabbit, you know, and after seeing that and seeing what the baby looks like, you can't really tell what it is. You see some features of different animals, but at the end of the day, uh, David Lynch made this so well that it's just its own Creation.
0: Yeah, and it's it's weird because this, that's, I think, one of the biggest conspiracy theories about this movie is what the fuck the, mm-hmm. the puppet thing was. Yeah. Because the other thing is, like, people are pretty sure it was a puppet, because, you know, it, it's 19, I think the movie was made in, like, 77, or it was released in 77.
1: It was a, well, it was... It took five years, so, yeah, so it from, released in seventy eight, and then five years prior to that, yeah, this so, puppet or thing was made.
0: Yeah, so between seventy three and seventy eight, I if it was a fleshy animal, I think it probably would have rotted unless oh, they filmed unless they filmed all the scenes with the with the baby in you know a one or two week span, maybe a month. I, I'm trying to figure out how we, what that thing was, because I think that's the thing everybody says, it's mm-hmm. like, I think the funniest conspiracy I ever heard was it was, uh, it was like a miscarried baby that David Lynch had uh, found in a dumpster, that was, the, that was the weirdest one I heard of, or or that it was, um, it was the deformed, like, uh, it, it was a mold of this deformed kid that lived on David Lynch's, like, block or whatever when he was making the movie. I've heard some weird conspiracy theories about it. I don't, none of them are true. I'm pretty sure it was just, he sat around, drew a drawing of, like, something he saw in his nightmare, and was like, eh, fuck it, I got some plaster and some, yeah. you know, stucco or whatever, won't make it. But I it,
1: mean, it's That just thing was one of, so
0: off-putting, though.
1: And it's one of these things that we're never gonna know what it is. Yeah. You know they buried it? Yeah. They had, a, it. they had a
0: wake for it um, at the rap party for the movie.
1: Which, I mean, I'm not surprised, you know, for this movie that they'd have a wake at their rap party.
0: Yeah, they're very, uh, you know, goth,
1: quote unquote, I guess. I this, don't know. This movie is weird. It's great. Very macabre.
0: Very macabre. This movie, okay. So you're into that nice goth, you know. Emo sort of
1: things. Emo sort
0: of things. Do you think, like, if you saw this in, like, high school when you were deep in that shit, do you, do you think you would have been more into this movie? No. No?
1: No, I still would have been, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> uh,
0: I, and also, for those out there who are into the uh, drug paraphernalia, yeah, don't watch head High. It yes, does not help you.
1: Yeah, we've heard stories of people that have watched it high and really freaked out, so yes. PSA, do not do it.
0: Yeah, it's a very bad idea. So yeah, Mary is just a continual like manic depressive. Mm-hmm. Like some, she's either like really loud and hundred and ten percent just yeah big wild emotions, or she's like negative fifteen like utter depression, sadness kind of thing. It's really
1: it's really weird. I mean, even when you, she can't get the baby to stop crying, and uh, Henry's just asleep in the bed. And she decides to go back home to her parents, and she's trying to pull out the the suitcase from under the bed. She even does that like a crazy person. She oh just god, has where this... she
0: starts like crying and like doing the things yeah. at the end of the bed.
1: Yeah, that oh. part was disturbing. I'm mean, like, I've never seen someone get a suitcase in that kind of condition. I mean, I've seen people upset and take their suitcases or pissed off, but this was just Yikes. whole whole other level. I need to stop watching this.
0: Yeah, like I can't deal with this right now. No, I can't deal with this woman. Uh, but yeah, and I guess that kind of brings us—we've alluded to it, I guess, a second ago. But our third, I guess, character in this movie—they're the love child between Henry and Mary.
1: The the love child that John Nance Lovenly nicknamed Spike. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, that was another thing that people speculated—that it was a skin dog, that uh. That was named Spike, and that's why he called it that. But again, more than likely not true. We don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. If you want to know what it is, watch the movie, and your best your best guess is as good as ours, because I have no idea what it is, and I know a lot of shit about random movies.
1: Yes, you do. I do.
0: But, so this baby, this uh, creature.
1: Yeah. Is it human? Or are we dancing? Killers?
0: I know it's the Killers but I
1: no. We have to listen to Killers after this
0: sorry. I know. But back to the point. I don't
1: know. I mean I saw nothing on that that will allude to it being human.
0: Cause it looks like it's, it's neck is like a foot long and it has that little head on the pillow and it's body's wrapped in those.
1: In the gauze? In the
0: gauze and stuff like that. Oh. oh there goes my cat. But yeah.
1: Yeah, so I mean looking at it, the the neck reminded me kind of ET like ET's neck, uh-huh. how he had this really elongated neck, and I'm like there's no way that this thing is human. Even the shape of the body around the gauze, it's like in this kind of ovalish weird shape. So it's like there's no way that there is, you know, a set of arms and legs underneath all that gauze. Yeah, cuz
0: it's it's really weird cuz this um this baby just doesn't look like it's even part of the same species like no. it looks so alien and it's and it's always crying and it's always like
1: making these weird noises you know what those
0: noises are from oh boy
1: what is it david
0: lynch's daughter like jennifer i think is her name is jennifer? it jennifer lynch i think i'm pretty sure that's oh, her name that's
1: her name but those yeah. are that's like you know b-roll of her you know Being a baby and making noises? Well, she was, like,
0: three when the movie started production. Hmm. So, the time it was over, she was, like, eight. And I'm pretty sure... But I'm pretty sure that what David Lynch did was, like, he got her to, like, say stuff or do, like, weird noises Mm -hmm. or whatever. Or he just, like, recorded her sleeping. And he used that sound and, like, mixed it with some other stuff. And that's the voice of DaBaby. Of
1: Spike.
0: Of Spike, yeah. And it's so weird when you think about it. It's like... Oh, the voices. I think that's probably the most off-putting thing. It's like the sounds it makes mm-hmm. and the you know the voice or whatever. It sounds human and it sounds like a child. Everything else, it's just like the image doesn't match the sound.
1: Yeah. It's so weird. It's, it's ooh, very it's unsettling.
0: And I think that's the point of the movie is to unsettle its audience. Tap into that weird dream state we all inhabit. And then twist the knife real good and just show some weird ass shit but yeah uh what else is the is the main thing in the i think those are the only three characters we really need to know and then hey, i guess the lady, lady in, in the radiator uh, yes this the lady in the radi in the radiator who is yeah i i'm not even 100 percent sure who that one is i think that's just henry's wanton desire for love
1: i guess I guess that could be so. I mean, at first I thought like maybe her face was like supposed to be a cloud because you see, the the cheeks. cheeks, and you see it and you pan in and it's like, oh, that lady's like not part cloud. Like I'm not sure if that's supposed to be like cement, what it's supposed to be, but even that's unsettling. And she's just on this stage singing and dancing.
0: Oh God, what's the what's the song? In heaven, yeah, everything is
1: fine. In heaven. That song is gonna haunt me for a while.
0: (laughs) That song is so good at just being unnerving. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when you think about it, it's kind of like a song you'd hear at like a summer camp. Like a sing-along or whatever. Like if you went to like a fucking Christian camp, I guess.
1: Or like in an old movie where, you know, someone with a ukulele is playing and they're singing. And maybe they'll do the Charleston, you know. That you'd kind of or hear it in that kind not, of setting. Maybe not
0: that because it's not like a fast beat, like dancing song. It's almost like a thing you'd hear in like well, one of those heard, like old jazz clubs, kind of thing.
1: Well, I mean, she also performs it in that way, so it could be performed in a faster pace, like
0: in heaven. Da, 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 yes, everything doing is fine right da, 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 da. Like that. Like I don't. I don't know. But it,
1: yeah, you know, you do the, the Charleston or like a jig, and you know, you kind of perform it. You know. At a faster pace, this kind of feels like it's slowed down just to kind of... Be weird. Be weird and, you know, really hit those nerves with, you know, what's going on? Who is she? Why is this happening?
0: Uh, It it is really weird, but, like, she is... So even though she looks so weird and off-putting with the giant cement cheek things and the really bad wig, She's kind of the nicest person in
1: the movie. Oh, yeah, you you don't get, like, a bad vibe off of her. She kind of seems like the only salvation in the movie. You know, everything else is just a complete disaster, but with her it feels like, you know, hey, maybe she could help me out.
0: Yeah, where you're just like, okay. Like, when you're watching the movie, you're kind of eyeballing her, and you're like, okay, she's not malicious. She's just... Kinda weird
1: looking, I but guess? she's also the only one that's surrounded by white light. Everyone else, it's you know this kind of moody dark lighting, and she's the only one that consistently has like white light around her.
0: Yeah, huh. so what do you what do you think that that means? What do you think she is?
1: Well, you know, like you were saying earlier, you know, she's the only person to give Henry a hug in the movie, so it's like to,
0: to show him like any like affection affection.
1: um comfort so it's like maybe she's like the angel of death where you know she's kind of there to kind of guide you to the next you know the next realm whatever is beyond
0: yeah because like i don't know if she's so i guess that kind of gets into the ending of the movie does henry die at
1: the end of the movie that's the impression that i got i feel i feel like once they embrace and you cut to the white screen i feel like he finally passed So when I was kind of analyzing the movie after I watched it, I felt like everything prior to that hug was him in purgatory. And he was just kind of getting through everything that he needed to sort out before he could transition to the beyond. Mm. But when
0: did he die?
1: I don't know. I mean, could he have died when he was out walking in the streets in the beginning of the movie?
0: He found out that uh, Mary was pregnant and got home, and he's like, well... I guess this is, this is it. I'm gonna, you know, go to my dirt pile on my dresser, end it here, and then the rest of the movie is just his, like, nightmare fever dream of death? Could be. I mean, maybe.
1: Or his, or, um, Mary's mother could have killed him when, (laughs) when she went to the (coughs) apartment.
0: That's what the kiss was. She, she had, uh, poison ivy lips. That was the kiss of death.
1: It was. Or it could have been that bad chicken. Oh, God, that could have been that chicken.
0: That chicken did not look good. No, it didn't. Did not look clean. Mm
1: -mm.
0: Mm-mm. Yeah, so, you know, good old head. So, like, if you wanted to give a little, like, plot-ish synopsis of the movie, we're, like, 40 minutes in. We should probably give some semblance of what goes on. Like, how about this? Can you give
1: me what happens
0: in this movie in, like, three sentences?
1: What the fuck? I'll give you three words. (laughs) What,
0: dot, the, dot, fuck, dot. Yes. Got it.
1: yeah, I'm gonna go back to you know, what I had just said with I feel like this is kind of like him in purgatory and then him finally passing. It doesn't make sense. You feel that anxiety of, you know, meeting somebody and having a child and dealing with in-laws and just dealing with life on its own. Everything that kind of crushes you and worries you. And finally that relief in the end. So it could have been You know, that, him, you know, just kind of going through all these things that, you know, stress us and make us tick before, you know, he gets relief at the end.
0: Mm, I wonder if that, if that's what she is, if, if, like, it's really weird because we have that whole weird sequence where we have Henry's severed head.
1: Yeah, that was pretty weird.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, what is his, what's this mean, Mm -hmm. though, in, compilation of the rest of it because he's in the little like theater thing and his head pops off, right? That's mm-hmm. his head pops off and then his head falls through space and time into the into the street and a kid takes his head to an eraser factory and they use his brain for eraser heads.
1: Yeah.
0: Hashtag name drop of the movie. But um is that how he's supposed to die? I don't
1: know.
0: I mean I don't I don't know either. Yeah, it's, right, just, you know. it's weird it, yeah yeah it's a very yeah. weird movie but I guess we kind of talked a lot about you know the characters in the movie. The plot of this movie is very strange and I think we kind of summed it up really well. Mm-hmm. Henry is a guy finds out he ha- is having a kid with Mary. They have a shotgun wedding. The child is this weird deformed creature that doesn't look human. And then it's kind of him and Mary and the relationship and all the weird things that are going on around them until eventually Mary leaves. Henry uh, kind of cheats on her with the lady across the hall.
1: And, and even that, you know, when yeah. they cheat, the, the room turns kind of like into this jungle kind of scene. It's, this
0: weird jungle hot tub thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then after that, Henry kind of, I guess Henry kills the baby.
1: That part was so hard to watch.
0: It's pretty gruesome, by yeah. the way. Also, it, the, the baby, even though it doesn't look human at all, when it dies, it feels so... Mm. Oh, God. that That's where the horror comes into mm-hmm. this movie. And then after he kills the baby, he falls through this... He goes and meets up with the lady in the radiator. He dies quote-unquote and then we kind of just wrap up the movie and that's basically what happens throughout this right i'm not glossing over missing anything really
1: no i mean you do get the the funny baby laugh before he kills the baby i mean i thought that was kind of funny when the baby's just you know randomly (laughs) (laughs)
0: laughing at him
1: and then you get that creepy giant big baby head kind of you know just panning in and out of the camera
0: Oh, God, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on?
1: Like, please make it stop. Please get it away from me, because, I mean, When I that, that started
0: happening, I legit, like, started looking at my drink, and I was like, I know I've seen this movie before, but I don't remember this part. Did I, sp- did somebody spike my drink? What the fuck?
1: I watched this, you know, completely sober, and I was still, what is going on? That's creepy. I mean, the, the fact that he even, you know, a David Lynch made this, you know, giant head for the scene in his backyard. Yeah. And, I mean, it was big enough that people, you know, in the surrounding houses were able to see it in his backyard. It just kind of, you know, puts in perspective how big this baby's thing head was. is. Yeah.
0: There's <sighs> a lot of dedication in this movie.
1: Well, after five years? Yeah.
0: And I think that's the thing. You kind of got to give credit to David Lynch here. I mean, even if the movie's weird or crazy, mm-hmm. there's he made his movie. This was like, yo, everything in this movie is here for a reason mm-hmm. and I put it there. And there's you got to give some claps to the Autora on that one.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I give him kudos for that. I mean, it is, you know, a beloved film amongst, you know, the film community. I mean, even in Entertainment Weekly, it's nom- it's nominated or it's at number 14 of the number fi- or of the top 50 cult films of all time so well yeah
0: i mean this movie kind of birthed the midnight
1: the midnight movie
0: yeah which you know you kind of got to give credit to this movie because without this you know record picture show probably wouldn't be airing midnight
1: i love record picture show i know you do oh yeah prepared
0: oh oh that's gonna be fun but yeah like
1: but i mean even you know it's not just you know a, a big movie for its fans it's also been you know a movie for other directors like mel brooks you know mel brooks loved the movie and because of that he made uh david lynch direct the elephant man
0: yeah he actually got david lynch the job to direct the elephant man which by the way i know you probably have your feelings about david lynch as a director if you just see a but the guy's really good he actually has a varied like strong directorial vision, and The Elephant Man is a very, very good movie. That is probably his most watchable, conventional film, and it's incredibly, like, well-acted. It has Anthony Hopkins in it, it has John Hurt in it, who, who actually plays uh, Joseph Merrick, The Elephant Man. Mm-hmm. And the prosthetics in that movie are insanely good. They hold up today. It's Something like that deep black and white, and the sound in, in all of his movies across the board are magnificent. Also, you should probably also watch uh, Twin Peaks. That mo- that show is very weird, but yeah. it's really good.
1: I mean, that's what I've heard in, you know about The Elephant Man, that it's really well made. Also with his other movies, I've heard you know that he's pretty good as a director. Very good. And, you know, Twin Peaks, I need to watch that. And, you know, after watching this and hearing that The Red Room and Twin Peaks is supposed to be a parallel of Henry's apartment. Yeah. So it's kind of... It's going to be interesting to watch this show and see how it ties back to his debut film.
0: Another crazy thing is that um, this movie is also influenced out of the directors like Stanley Kubrick. Mm -hmm. The carpet in uh, The Overlook Hotel, it's almost a one-for-one for for the carpet in Eraserhead. And he would also make the cast and crew watch Eraserhead to give him the feel of what he was going for. That unease, that unsettling, that uncanny... Like, there's, like, a Eraserhead actually has a lot of influence that we kind of, sort of take for granted, because we're just like, this is a really weird, surrealist fantasy horror film from the 70s, what, what can this possibly mean now? And you think about it, and you're like, oh, this movie influenced a shit ton of things. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah. So, do you think we've exhausted uh, our talk of Eraserhead?
1: I think so because there's really no correct answer for this movie it's you know what the viewers thinking and feeling so i don't think we're ever going to be able to finish this conversation because we don't know what he intends for us to feel after coming out of this movie
0: yeah and i think that's probably a good way to put it so how did you what did you think the movie was and how did you feel about the movie
1: i wasn't sure about the movie um I watched the trailer beforehand, and again, I thought it was similar to, you know, that scene in The Office with the unsettling cinema, so I thought, oh, okay, you know, he's trying to freak me out with this movie. And then you get into the movie, and it's just deeper and even more, I don't even know how to put it to words, you just feel more lost the further you get into this movie. It's kind of hard to dig your way out and try to make any sense of what's going on.
0: You're going into the movie thinking, okay, this is only going to be a, a 7 out of 10 on the terms of the weird scale, yeah. and then it just goes to like, oh, it's it's a 9, oh, it's a 10,
1: that wait, it's just going keeps to 11, going, it doesn't well, stop, uh,
0: it's so good, but yes, but you know, that's how you feel about the movie, what, what did you think it meant, I guess?
1: I'm not entirely sure what it meant.
0: I'm not entirely sure what I meant.
1: I mean, I think the only person that knows what it means is David Lynch. And the fact that he created this bizarre, unsettling world in just 22 pages of a script yeah. is amazing. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, honestly, like that's probably my biggest takeaway from this movie is there is so much work on screen. Mm-hmm. There is so much effort and artistic vision and everything just forward for this movie and it is astounding and it is and honestly I applaud David Lynch for how much work he probably put in on this movie five years worth of his yeah. life he basically you know called in every favor borrowed every dime he possibly could to get this movie made yeah. and it, it paid off for him but yeah I honestly I like the movie I think it's very good like I said in the beginning and I don't think this conversation has done anything more than made me like it a lot more mm-hmm. and you know I I would still recommend it. I think if you're in the mood for a very, very weird time, if if it's, you know, we're in October, it's the Halloween season, if you want to freak your friends out with a really, really weird uh, horror film, watch Eraserhead.
1: Yeah, it'll scare your friends.
0: It will scare your friends.
1: And it's not jump scares, it's... You
0: know, it's all mental. It's all that unsettling atmosphere. This is pro- The best way to probably watch this movie is either by yourself, turn off the lights, and just watch it.
1: That's how I watched it. Yeah,
0: and it and it's now going to carry with you for the rest of your life.
1: Oh, yes, it is.
0: Yeah. Or maybe you and, like, one, two other people, and you all sit around and kind of, you know, have a couple of drinks, and you just kind of absorb this movie. Because this movie is, woo, it's something else. It's deep. It's deep. So, after this talk... You know, kind of getting into the characters, getting a little bit of the story, kind of the themes, what it means. Does your views change on it even a little bit?
1: It changed. And, and you know, when I first watched it, I was just like, man, he's just trying to put me through the ringer with one of his art house picks. But, if, you, know. you know, once we, you know, really dissected it and reflecting upon it, you know, it opened my eyes to more things that I didn't see, you know, during the movie. It's more things I had to put together after I watched the movie. Will I watch it again? Probably not, because I don't want to get myself back into that that kind of mindfuck of what's going on. That and, weird
0: emotional state?
1: Yes. Well, I think the
0: movie is probably, like, better on repeat viewings, because then you, then you start looking into it, and you start really diving into the underlying things about it. I This movie is a great, like, sensory deprivation movie. hmm where, like, I, I don't... I, I got this from, like, a YouTube show. I can't remember what it is. But it was uh, this idea that if you pick a random movie and you just watch it once a day, every day, that for, like, a week, you start noticing all the little details. And it's, you're like, in a sensory deprivation tank where you're only experiencing this one thing over and over again. yeah And you appreciate it more. You start seeing a lot more underlying themes and a lot more, like, weird stuff you don't notice. As, like, a first-time viewing... And it's one of those things where this movie's probably great for that because you absorb so much of this movie, and mm-hmm. it's so, like, oddly minimalist and high concept at the same time. It's, yeah. it's really good. It's really good.
1: And it's always changing, too. You know, every scene, you think you're seeing everything, but then, you, you know, I was going back and rewatching clips, and you just see, like, new things added to his apartment, or just, it's the small things that you don't take, you know, you take them for granted because you're so focused on him and his mannerisms, and it's like you got to pay attention to everything. Yeah, it's so just, it's weird.
0: It's very weird. So Miss Boo, one out of ten. Where do you where do you put this movie? Because when you walked in here, you were going to give it a negative thirty.
1: Oh, it was in the negatives. I was mad at you. I'm like, man, why did you do this to me?
0: If you could do a Racerhead, you can watch anything.
1: I can. I feel invincible now. I'll give it a 5.
0: A 5?
1: Hey, better than negative. I, I guess, I guess. I'll give it a 5 because after we dissected everything, I do have to give him a lot of David Lynch a lot of kudos for everything that he put to make this movie. Mm-hmm. He put in, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, money, everything he could think of just to get this movie done. And not giving up after 5 years of this fight. Yeah. but So I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10.
0: 5 out of 10 purely on the the behind-the-scenes thing that went into it, or 5 out of 10 with the caveat that the film itself is good?
1: 5 out of 10 with behind-the-scenes because, you know, I'm very pro, you know, the people that make the movies because it's not just, you know, the actors on the screen, it's the camera people, it's, you know, the designers that are making the clothes, you know, all the operators that are working to make films. They create the magic that we see on the screen. But it's also the performances, too. You know, how even within five years, um, Henry never really changed. His character always maintained he was the same person. And I didn't learn about the five-year production until after the movie. So for him to, you know, stay in character for that long is amazing. Okay. Nothing ever differed. He was the same nervous person from the beginning scene all the way to the ending.
0: Okay. So... You're giving it five out of ten.
1: I give it five out of ten.
0: All right, carried by the performance and by the the work behind on screen.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Maybe not a fan of the story.
1: Not really, because it's just gonna drive me crazy rewatching it.
0: I gotcha. Uh, I would say this is probably I'd say this is a solid like eight out of ten movie for me.
1: I'm surprised you're not giving it a ten out of ten.
0: Well, okay, so I would give it. So I I don't know, like ten out of ten is one of those things where it's like I think that if the movie was gonna be a ten out of ten movie, I think it would just need to go harder. Which is which is weird to say about Eraserhead. Like because it, it it's weird. It's out there, but I think it go harder if it tried. Like, ten out like I think the acting is superb. I think Jack Nance does an amazing performance. I don't think there's a bad performance by anybody in the cast, really. Um, I think the all behind the scenes stuff included, but like what's on screen for me is what's the the big thing there. Mm-hmm. But everything that is on screen is just it's the hand of a master, like learning his craft, putting it there. I think the biggest thing about this movie that doesn't give it an eight out of ten is that it feels kind of rough. Yeah,
1: because
0: this movie is is actually just a glorified student film. It is, and I you can kind of tell some of the effects aren't up to stuff. I mean, the baby is amazing, but yeah. Henry's head is obviously paper mache mm-hmm. when his head gets decapitated. The uh, woman in the or the lady in the radiator, her cheeks are like weird dental plastic mm-hmm.
1: things and they
0: don't look Plaster. It's, it's yeah weird. it's weird and I guess that's the thing it's going for, but it's like then some of the sets they all they don't look real for whatever reason. And it's one of those things where it's like the movie is very good the, the characters are very interesting the story is engaging in a thematic and symbolic way, but you can tell that this was made for a pretty low budget and it's a little rough. Like, the things around it just don't hold up super well. No. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you you should honestly watch this movie for Jack Nance's performance as Henry. It's very good.
1: He was impressive as this character.
0: But, yeah. But I think that's probably... Where we're going to have to round it off here at the Film Club Podcasts.
1: We survived.
0: I mean, you survived. I enjoyed every step of the way. Weirdo. Savage. So, Boo, Miss Boo, why don't you tell them everything about us and where they can find us?
1: If you want to stay up to date on our latest news and what we're doing, follow us on Instagram at the Film Club Podcast or on Facebook at the Film Club Podcast. And, Follow us on our YouTube
0: page, that We're going to be starting soon. Yes, we will. Uh, If you want to hear me talk about other random movies, you can follow me at the Double Feature Podcast. I do with my, I guess, writing partner and film collaborator, David. We, you know, take two movies, talk about them, compare, contrast them, figure out which one's better. I think the most recent one for this one would be our H.P. Lovecraft adaptation episode, which is going to be dropping Monday-ish around the time. I don't know, my scheduling's all kinds of whack. But, other than that, Miss Boo, are you working on anything outside of the podcast you want to plug before we step out?
1: I'm working on some things, but can't discuss them just quite yet. But we will see you next week for Halloween. It is finally here.
0: It is finally here. And on Halloween night, that is when he comes home. The shape. All right, everybody. See you later. Stay scared.
1: We'll see you at the film.